Hi, this is Jack's Corner, where I discuss issues on society, culture, and life here in America. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Jack's Corner. I'm here with the Duchess. and uh, <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. It's so good to be back. Hi, Jax. I thank you for having me again in your corner. I love it. Yes, you're welcome. Okay, I you think know, we're going to read from... I have to just stop you because I've been interviewed by people internationally for anywhere from Fox to ABC, NBC. I did Good Morning America. And I have to tell you, all the interviewers, you are the best. Wow. You really are. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, so when you invite me to come to your podcast, it's an honor. Thank you. Thank you, Veronica. So today, are we going to read, you're going to read an excerpt from Sister Me? Well, um, no, not actually. This is from November 2016. Oh, wow. Okay. The times are calmed by circumstance. Money never ceases to amaze me. It's power to persuade. It's balm to assuage. And it's obscene necessity. Can't we live without this? Can't survive without it? A paper, a coin, an account balance, all of these intangibilities are still like love. It's force, it's controlling abilities. Take my breath away. Money, the kachink. It's rapid, blub, 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 voice as it sings through the money counters, blub, 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 blub. Well, it certainly controls and defines a society, or rather this Western society, money, the sweet breath of commerce, until it vanishes. And then the anguish moans and groans loudly emitted from the bearers of empty wallets and purses. Oh, the volatile voices and vicious volume rising to the pitch of violence. And then the regret for having spent its last breath. Money, mulch, dough, bread, change, lettuce, cash, bucks, dollars, bills, Kachinks, Jefferson's, Lincoln's, Washington's, Franklin's, Grant's, Feria, Juice, Sawbucks, Finn's, Benjamin's, Lucre, Rolls, Vig, Weight, Names for Power. Here's a new one. When this was written, I don't know. A host of medications. Our physicians introduced us to, mostly to our delight, such as coating cough syrup. Heroin was not an acceptable product yet, only within the blues music scenes and street junkies, although I have heard of a few stories of doctors and professors which used their own supply of narcotics. It was a time when High Times Magazine had taken us by storm. In Los Angeles, weed had mostly been excellent, like Acapulco Gold, Colombian Mai Tai Sticks. They were larger than toothpicks wrapped with very, very little weed. Then a thin slip of fibrous vegetable was wrapped atop to hold the flour to the toothpick. It was ridiculously priced. However, 
I had firmly decided that if I would change this pricing, I would, well, as it turned out, we kind of did. When we first began buying plastic and burlap bags of marijuana, we had to pay the poor, pesos, to swim across the Mexican-American Channel, which separates our two countries. Of course, there were fences, perimeter walls by guards to catch any illegal equipped with spotlights and rifles, so our smugglers, carrying our bags on their backs, were risking a great deal, as we did bringing marijuana from Mexico to the United States. That was during your drug smuggling days. Yeah, when you, um, you know, marijuana is legal now. Yeah, we used to believe, you know, we smoked weed. It was like we believed it was legal, so we didn't uh, smuggle cocaine or heroin or any drug. We didn't consider marijuana a drug. Right. So um, when we would buy it in Mexico and then distribute it, the people that smoked it were professionals primarily. And I had some clients that were just wonderful. They were club owners, um, business owners. And they would buy like a hundred keys and it would be just for their stash and their own people. So I didn't have to deal with, you know, bags of weed or anything like that. When you buy tons of marijuana from Mexico and you're smuggling it in, you do it by quarter tons, half tons. You don't usually take a whole ton. You'd have to have a 747 or I don't know what kind of jet, but we only had 207s, 208s, 209s and 210s. Jeez. They could only carry three quarters of a ton with a 200-pound man. So, you know, you're looking at no bodyguard. I always had bodyguards that were armed, so my pilot um, had protection. And my pilot was mostly my husband, Jeff Compton. Right, back yeah. in those days. Back in those days. That's how we met. <laughs> we were both scared. <clears throat> We were both uh, studying for our pilot's license, um, and that's how we met. Can you imagine? Over learning about how to fly, just a uh, small, small craft. Yeah, visual like Cessnas. Flight. Yeah, visual flight. Yeah. Wow, what an interesting life, you know, to get wrapped up in smuggling and I'm yeah, sure there are times that you lost your marijuana. Oh, yeah. Okay, so moving on. Notes for project. Establish a preface. People are imperfect and vulnerable. Hopefully, we grow and learn lessons throughout our lives. I don't want to villainize myself or others. We are just people. Yes, I've encountered many bad men, pedophiles and such, and it's difficult to separate their actions and see them as a full human being. But I try not to let hatred blind me from a rational mind or it can lead down roads better, better never to travel, in my opinion. So what happened? I was a student of the Strasbourg Institute studying directly under Lee Strasberg. And inter I was working at Intercontinental Films to pay my tuition as a screenwriter. I also worked for Dunyuhe Productions, independent film producer, um, 
Dunyahe Productions assistant to the producer. So it was kind of like getting my first foot in where I got a paycheck. But I'll tell you what, as a woman in the entire industry, after that, I got a contract with Intercontinental Films. They were out of Guatemala. They are multimillionaires. They had a yacht um, in Marina del Rey uh, called the Lolita after his daughter. And um, he became my producer, and I was the writer under him, and he was directing as well. So I would be writing my script, and I get paid for it. But here's what was so frustrating. I would be writing 50 to 100 pages of really, really, I thought, mm. good script. It's like, why are you going to hire me if you don't like my writing, right? Right. So it was called Clown of Love. Anyway, to make a long story short, we'd go to his Beverly Hills office, and I had a room right, right off of him. It was the only room in Beverly Hills I've ever had. And I didn't use it. <laughs> I had a secretary. Um, well, I had a secretary in another business. But anyway... Um, in that particular instance uh well it was a situation um it's hard to describe it's been so many years hasn't it yeah so i don't want to villainize myself or others we are just people yes i've encountered many bad i try not to let hatred blind me from a rational mind or it can lead down roads better never to travel so what happened student of Lee Strasberg Institute, studying directly under Lee Strasberg. I worked for Dunyahe Productions, assistant to the director, got a better job with independent film producers as a scriptwriter, an assistant bookkeeper, and modeled for sculptures also. I had produced two of my stage plays at the Little Shepherd Theater, did stage acting and other productions in Hollywood, We'd have to go way back. And that is an excerpt. So what was that like for you, being part of um, production and screenwriting? Well, what I wanted to say was there was a lot of sexism. And it was, there really was a casting couch. So if you want, if you were an actress, every director... I'm sort I mean most directors like 99% of the men um it would they would advertise at SAG so we would have these postings listed on a wall we would all go to um our union which was Screen Actors Guild SAG it was in uh, North Hollywood and they would post us um actress needed 20 to 25 um, role of Spanish queen, whatever, 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 and the address that you're supposed to go to, right? Right. So, and the phone number. So you make the phone call, you go down, you read the script, and the director, of course, wants to see your body. Well, I need to see you completely. And, um, you know, it's like, it's, to me, it was an industry I couldn't deal with, so I got out. So when I became a writer... It was a totally different animal, thank God, because I got treated as a thinker and a mind and a person with talent. So good, yeah. On when, as an actress, although I was very good, um, I couldn't deal with that casting couch thing. I I swear to God, I couldn't do it. 
I just, it was so disgusting to me. It happened yeah. a few times. And then every other time, it was like the same scenario. So I would lose the part, and I would leave before he could molest me. Jeez. And it was typical. And it was typical. I think back then, the film industry was mostly male-dominated, it, too. It, it is still today, unfortunately. Still, yeah. Yeah, I was just watching Gina Davis. Uh, she put something out on Netflix, I believe. You can go to her website, Gina Davis Productions. And she's very much into uh, women writers, women directors, women actors, women producers, uh, people that are trying to get their films out that have plots that have to do with female characters and so forth. So I brought it up to uh, Bioluminescence because right now they're looking for another. Um, they just applied for one grant, which they didn't get, which is typical. You never do. And um, you go apply for your next grant. Well, in the, inter in the interim, you know, uh, people like Gina Davis might be a helpful hand. So, yeah. What we do is, as women in the industry, is we hear about other women, we call other women, and we tell them, oh, did you know that so-and-so is doing such and such, and because you're doing such and such, it might be assistance to you. So that's what I do, especially with uh, Juliette. Yeah, she's a, well, with bioluminescent films, female director, that's... That's huge. It's her company. She It's run by a woman. Yeah. A young woman. Very, very talented. Brilliant. So she's breaking that, that stereotype. Yes, she is. Her script is amazing, you know. Uh, she the creator, I mean. Um, God. Right now, she's in the studio with Bernadette. And they have to do retakes for Bernadette speaking on some of the parts. Yeah. So they have to have it a cleaner, crisper recording. So she's basically going to be looking at film of herself over and over with headphones, without sound. And she'll be saying the lines as she moves her lips so that it tries to match perfectly. Eventually, they'll get enough recordings where they can match the sound perfectly with her lips because they don't reshoot the person. Right. They're just dubbing over. And that happens a lot in film because of the sound quality that it just necessitates it if you want something that runs smoothly for the audience. So she's really, you know, she's done this for three years now. She's yeah. worked with um, close to 80 people, I would say, on her crew making this film. She's yeah. the creator. It's pretty it's intense. Yeah. I'm really proud of her. I'm um, looking forward to seeing it when it gets premiered. You know, with the music, because I was very fortunate, I was able to see um, the early takes, and then I got to see the takes that she's having now with music inserted totally changes everything the editing happening you know that editing is crucial but initially you have to have good things to edit right well it's looking so clean now and um, to see the storyline emerge and 
uh, the special effects and uh, the makeup and the different uh, scenes in it. It's pretty damn exciting, and I expect her to get some awards for this. I definitely want to promote her. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So she said the film will be released in 2022, which is, we're getting there. We're yeah, now, we are. we're, we're past way, we're past the middle of 2021. We're going into August here pretty soon. So that leaves just September, October, November, December, and then we go into 2022. There you go. Yeah. She the creator, she the creator. That's the film, She the Creator. And Directed Gina Davis by Juliet may Wallace. be the helpful hand. Let's pray. Yeah, let's see what happens with that. Wow. Um, God bless you all. Have a great next week uh, until we talk to you again. Thank you for having me again, Jax. Sure. And uh, I appreciate you sharing. Well, thank you everyone for listening to this podcast. We will see you on our next podcast. And in the meantime, as I always mention, you can check out our videos at Museum Americana on YouTube. Go to our Museum Diaries playlist and check us out there. Okay, you guys. Thank you. Have a good day. And we'll talk to you on our next podcast. Peace Bye for out. now.